And, and, you know, when things aren't going well, it is like pretty miserable in pole vault, you know, um, it's like just this weird addiction where like, you just remember that feeling of like, uh, have you, if you've ever read mind gym, kind of like white moments where like everything is just falling into place and going exactly as planned. And like, I can name maybe two in my entire career, but I would chase that feeling for forever because it's like the most incredible, like you just feel so in control of everything. the one more jump podcast um i am here today with special guest melissa gurgle her personal best in the pole vault is 14 feet 10 and three quarters inches at the club we round that up to 15 feet um and then she is an illinois state champion uh she's a ncaa division one national champion for the university of oregon she's a pac 10 champion uh, 2012 and 2016 Olympic trials qualifier. Um, and she's qualified for every U S championship between the years of 2009 to 2016. But most of all, she's an awesome person, super nice and shameless plug. She now coaches at, um, our training facility rise athletic club. So <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Melissa, what's up? Thanks for having me. Not much. How's it going? Uh, well, actually, it's weird because like there's there's a lot going, but there's but there's also not a lot going. It's a very strange time in history. Uh, I feel very stressed and very not stressed at the same time. It's it's a very strange situation. But anyway, let's get into it. So tell us a little bit about like your background. And I'm I know you. Like we went through high school together, and we you know, you, you were a year younger than me, just found that out. And you, you know, you were, uh, you know, pretty elite vaulter in high school. And I was, I was decent in high school as well. Um, so we saw each other in passing, but I don't know much about your background, kind of how you got involved in the sport and things like that. So go ahead and uh, tell the people about that. <laughs> Um, so I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago and I went to Marion Catholic who did not slash does not have pole vault. Um, we have a track team of course, but, um, no pit, no poles, nothing like that. Uh, I had seen it on TV and, uh, I was doing gymnastics at the time and kind of made a snotty comment about, oh, I think I could do that. You know? <laughs> and uh kind of knowing that my the high school I was going to didn't have it and it wasn't something that was really going to be possible you know and then um the athletic director actually called me down to his office and said hey uh, uh Bloom High School which is about a mile away from Marion not even um they bought all this new equipment and they have a coach and they were wondering if anybody was interested in trying football so, of course, I jumped at it, and uh, Tim Johnson was the coach there. Uh, I showed up the first day, and I was the only person. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's uh, – I mean, Tim, Tim was uh, an incredible 
asset to Northern Illinois pole vaulting. And obviously his brother Jan, him and his brother Jan were also really, really good pole vaulters in high school. And um, yeah, so you, so you got involved with Bloom and that, that club was called Vault Chicago, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so then, so I'm, I guess I'm confused. So like you were at a private school with no facilities. So then you were, you were, you were able to, you know, start pole vaulting at, yes. you know, at bloom at, at this club. That's pretty cool. That that's a, that's a testament to, um, the club situation because you would have never had that opportunity to become this incredible pole vaulter if you would not have had you know, if Tim would not have opened up that opportunity for you, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I feel super lucky that everything kind of fell into place during my freshman year. And, um, so what yeah. was like your progression though? Like, so you, you started your, you said your freshman year, you started with Tim mm-hmm. at vault Chicago. Yep. And then, so how did that, how did that, how did you progress? Was it like super fast? Like you just got really good, really quick, or was it kind of a slow grind or, um, you know, it, I got pretty good pretty quick, honestly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Tim was really great about just hammering the basics. Like that first day, all I did was like walking and jogging drills. We did not set up a pit. We didn't pull vaults at all. Like it was, honestly, I left and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. This doesn't seem that fun. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting point because at our club, what we do is, and you and I have talked about this because you're, you're coaching over there now is, is, um, it's like, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. You don't know if you want to like introduce the kid and get them going right away and get them like addicted and just like, Whoa, I love this right away. Or you want to start with those walking drills and risk them being like, yeah. I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he it sounds like he was more of a more of a walking and and nailing down those fundamentals which I mean to be honest with you that's that is I mean if there was a a right and a wrong way I would say that there's a very strong argument for getting things done off the pit before you you go on you know yeah it was kind of like the carrot like dangling just out of reach you know (laughs) right like okay we're doing these drills and that's great but there was always this promise of like we're gonna go to the pit someday (laughs) yeah right right for sure so what so how when was the point that you knew that you were going to be exceptional that you were going to be like whoa okay this is something that i really feel deeply like i could be one of the best at you know it's weird because even even looking back at it and looking back at my pole vault career all all i see is the things that i didn't accomplish and the goals that i didn't reach and all this stuff so to hear someone like say that my career was exceptional i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah no i think that's great that's a, that's very similar to me too i i think you know in a couple of these podcasts i've kind of talked about like man i i look back on and and, and a super just being honest, like kind of in a negative light sometimes. Uh, and it's, it is sad because you are the only one who thinks that, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody else like looks at you and they're like, 
okay, that was a very successful career. And people look at me and they're like, dude, how could you be unhappy with what you were given? You won a state yeah. championship. You, you know, did the national championships in college and you got mm -hmm. to experience so many cool things after college. How could you be disappointed yeah. about that? You know, how greedy can you be, you know? Yeah. And, but it's hard whenever you, you set these big giant goals for yourself and then you don't reach those huge goals it's hard to not be negative about it you know yeah yeah yes. but um so I guess you know when I started I started picking it up really quickly and obviously it was a, a kind of fast but slow progression you know when I at my first meet I think I jumped like seven feet or something like that you know okay. but but it was like every meet I was improving um just I was so new to it. And I mean, you see this in kids at the club, you know, when they're so new, like they make huge progressions really early on. So I think by the end of my freshman year, I was jumping like 11 feet and um, I had qualified for state and all that. So, but it was kind of this mindset of like, well, I'm just going to get good at this because I want to get good at it. And I'm going to do everything that I can, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And my, my family, I think, kind of makes fun of me a little bit because I get so almost like psycho about stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, I mean, honestly, that's that's one of the character traits of somebody who becomes really good at something. You kind of have to have a little bit of an obsessive personality and like <laughs> you have to get like very deep into things uh, very easily. and And that's... I, I think that's very consistent with with a lot of the people that uh, that I've come into contact with in you know elite pole vaulting for sure is it's like uh, you know they weren't making I for me personally I wasn't making like a whole I, I had to deny myself of so many things in high school and college I was yeah. you know and it, looking back on it, it's like eh, that was maybe a little over the top but. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so you so your your family kind of was like okay she's getting a little crazy about this and so where did where did it go from there you know I think it and it'll be interesting to hear what you have to say about this because your family knows the sport you know yeah. um my sister was a distance runner and my dad like same thing ran cross country and stuff in high school but besides that there are no vaulters in my family nobody knows anything about it so yeah. I think they kind of just allowed it to happen and just went with it because they didn't they were completely not like without knowledge of pole vault you know so right um, I think in high school they just thought okay this is cool you know and then when I went away to college um, I went to Oregon so far away from Chicagoland area and I would come home and be like well I can't I can't do this we can't go to dinner I have to go do this workout you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that when they were like okay Melissa we get to see you like three times a year so <laughs> you're going to dinner <laughs> yeah so you got you got pretty deep into it uh pre pretty quick well I mean they had to kind of understand that you had some natural ability because you if you any anybody who qualifies for the state meet their freshman year has got a pretty good amount of natural ability at whatever event you know they're doing you know so they they must have they must have recognized like whoa this is actually she's you know she's pretty good at this if she's qualifying for state or freshman year 
So they, yeah. I guess, I guess they were maybe understanding for, for me, it was, uh, it was strange because growing up having my dad be a, a very accomplished uh, pole vaulter and pole vaulting coach, I had a, a little bit of a different view of it. I was just talking about this yesterday with somebody is that whenever I grew up, whenever I did not really like pole vaulting, I, I actually kind of hated being at the track because not I hate strong word, but I used to get not drugged to the track, but I, I was, you know, on my dad's hip at the track all the time. I remember one time we, you know, he woke me up at like five in the morning and we drove over to Purdue so that he could jump. And he had me sitting on his pole bag with some little mini donuts. And, uh, you know, we, we just sat there and, and we, you know, just hung out and, and he jumped in the meet. And so I knew a lot about the event. So like whenever I started, I knew how to pole vault. I knew, I knew how to do it. I just hadn't done it yet and and so it was kind of like okay my dad was good he knows a lot about the event he coaches he's got a place for me to practice so I feel like I'm already kind of got a little bit of a head start on being successful at this so it was not really I kind of always knew in the back of my head that I could be pretty good at it it was just like when am I going to make that decision that I want to be a pole vaulter yeah so I guess it's a little, it's, it's definitely actually not a little, it's a lot different from you because you, you know, you, it sounds like you came from a family of distance runners, but um, yeah, that, so, so there, so you went through high school and obviously a big turning point was probably when you, you jumped over 13 feet and won the state meet, which uh, speaking of, this is all in Illinois. You already said that. Okay. So we were, we grew up and we were growing up pole vaulting, you know, we didn't really know each other, but we grew up pole vaulting in similar track meets and things like that. So, um, we're just, we're representing Illinois today for sure. Uh, and so she won a state championship in what year? 2007. 2007. That was your senior year, right? Yeah. I was runner up in 2006. Gotcha. So mine were flip-flopped. I won my junior year and then got my tail handed to me my senior year, which was unfortunate. Um, but, but yeah, so that was a turning point for you. So when did you, when, when did you get to the point to where colleges were starting to reach out and be like, Hey, we would like for you to come and, and vault for us. Yeah. And you know, the, this is kind of a funny story too. Um, I had a couple like really small schools start reaching out to me, just uh, people in the area. My sister went to Illinois Wesleyan um, and ran track there. Um, that's like in Bloomington, Illinois, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I had, they had sent me something in the mail and, and all that after the state meet my junior year, I think. And then um, I, that summer was when I jumped 13 feet, I think. Um, the summer of my junior year and then a bunch of people started reaching out um, but I ended up going to Oregon and it's kind of funny because I remember my coach saying to me my high school track coach saying to me oh like the coaches from Oregon are going to come to your house on Saturday to have 
to to meet with you and i was like what are you talking about this right. is like the week of <laughs> you know i've That's never crazy. talked to them on the phone i've never done anything apparently they had sent me some materials in the mail you know old school recruiting oh, like yeah. the media guide you know <laughs> um but I had never received them. I don't, somehow, like, they got lost in the mail. I've never talked to these coaches before in my life. And they're, like, showing up to my house on Saturday that week. And uh, Dan Steele and Vin Lanana are, like, sitting in my kitchen just, like, talking about Oregon track and field. And I'm totally confused. Like, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's so yeah. – that must have been so cool, though. That must have been cool for you and your family. Like, did you guys – I mean, you're you're – your, you said your sister and your dad were distance runners, so obviously they must have known about the University of Oregon, about the prestige of, right. of yeah. the distance running programs and track and field mm -hmm. and things like that. So that must have been cool for everybody at your house. Yeah, and it's so funny too because my freshman after my freshman year of high school, um, I did summer track and the Junior Olympics were in Eugene, and I had qualified and gone you know, and competed at Hayward Field and totally did not grasp the significance of that at the time, you know, right. it's like, oh, this is a cool place. Like, it's really nice here. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. You know, what's crazy is we could have actually ended up uh, teammates together at Oregon because we, you know, you get five, you get your five uh, official visits. So I took my official visits to, um, I took an unofficial to Tennessee. I took an official to Kentucky, an official to UNI, Northern Iowa, um, University of Alabama. And then my fifth one, I think that was five. Maybe there was one more. Oh, Washington, University of Washington. And then my fifth one was to University of Oregon. And I was on the phone with um, the, one of the coaches that was recruiting me at the time. And he said, we're going to put this offer on the table for you right now. We we're going to put it on. I had plane tickets to go out to Oregon. I had plane tickets and everything was all set up. And he said, we're going to put, we're going to add like another 10% scholarship onto this offer or whatever. He was like, but you have to take it right now and you have to cancel your trip to Oregon. And I was like, Oh no. Cause I, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Oregon. I've never been to Hayward field. Um, I've always wanted to go. I love the mountains. Like, so I was so looking forward to this and I was like, well, you know, I had already taken an official visit to the place that I'm talking about. And I was like, well, I'll just take, take the extra 10%. And I committed right there. And then I had to call the Oregon coach and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm not uh, coming yeah. on the trip anymore. So that's crazy because I think that the coach that I was talking to was like, Hey, if he goes out to Oregon, he's probably never going to yeah. come back. <laughs> that's the so. crazy thing about Oregon and especially on the men's side, because there's so few, some few scholarships, you know, they can, I mean, it's just this, the mystique of Oregon yeah. track and field, you know what I mean? And they can get any, like, if they get you there on a visit, it's really hard to say no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that, that really is, um, and, and the coach that I was talking to, he knew that. He knew, he was like, like hey, we're going to offer you a little bit more than we planned, but you got to shut this whole Oregon thing down right now. <laughs> and I was like, dang, this is kind of cutthroat. And, uh, and so I, I did that. And that would have been crazy, though, because then we would have been teammates out there, which would have been, been even crazier. But who knows where I would have ended up and all these things. I probably would have still been 
out there in the mountains somewhere in Oregon. But yep. now it's we're beautiful. here in beautiful, beautiful Joliet, Illinois. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> anyway, so this is um, something that I kind of wanted to talk to you about too. Have you heard anything about all of the whole, since we're on the subject of colleges and stuff, have you heard anything about like all of the uh, crazy scholarship stuff going on with the athletes and stuff right now with like all the colleges? Like, like with the, you know, no. like how they're losing funding and, and things like that. Have you heard about any of that? I haven't. So I'm, I'm still very co uh, close with my college coach, um, Jenny Ashcroft. She's at the University of Michigan. So I catch up with her every once in a while. And the last I had talked to her, they were like meeting to, to discuss whether or not they would allow like the seniors another year of eligibility and all that stuff. And she was saying at the time, like, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with scholarships because they've promised scholarships to all these incoming freshmen and now there's extra people left so yeah right but i don't know what the resolution was to that so. yeah so there really is no resolution I, I mean obviously with this whole thing there is no resolution to anything ever i feel like it's like one day it's this and the next day it's that um but i've been because at our club like one of our big things that we try to do is we try to actively get these kids talking with different universities and things like that and so i've been reaching out in this off time like hey let's get this going let's facilitate a couple relationships with some of the juniors at the club and things like that um but i haven't heard any responses back and i've been like man why can't somebody just shoot me a text and say no, you know what's yeah. going on but eventually i did get um a text back from a division one coach that was basically like hey a lot of us are worried about our jobs. Um, a lot of us are worried about funding. And I was like, I wonder why. And they were like, because if there is no football season, there's no scholarships. Like, like football funds basically all the other athletics at these big universities. So if they don't have a foot, and like for the NFL, a lot of their money is made in, in the, um, the tv but for right. ncaa like the majority of it is made at the gate by these people coming to these games mm -hmm. and so they were like you know to be honest with you there's not a lot of recruiting going on right now because we don't know if we have any scholarships to offer and even worse like you had said we don't know if we're going to have scholarships for the kids that are currently on scholarships yeah and i'm like yeah. that is insane that is yeah. the craziest thing. I, I don't know. This whole thing is, has been, been nuts, but anyway, so we went through your college. So, so you going through college, how was that competing? I competed one year for a big division one university, university of Alabama, and it was crazy. A lot of travel, a lot of kind of very not fun things like, Hey, jump this high or it ain't no more scholarship things like that I know that's not every university but um it was not fun to deal with that um how was your trip through University of Oregon and and you know with all that stuff yeah so um luckily I was never put in that position where I was given a height and said if you don't jump this like your scholarship is getting cut you know um 
I you were was... also winning a lot too. <laughs> 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 I was I I gained like 15 pounds and jumped a foot lower than I did in high school. So so that might have had something to do with it. I'm just saying. Proceed. Sorry. Um, I w- yeah, I was lucky that I adjusted pretty well uh, to everything, but I think at Oregon, obviously we had an incredibly successful track team. And so I think one of the things that was very helpful to me was just that everyone around me was just an incredible athlete, winning championships and all this stuff. And so it was kind of like, you don't want to be the one dragging the team down, (laughs) you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, So like, you like my whole goal the whole time I was there was just to like contribute to the team and you know my freshman year it's so funny because in 2007 when I was still in high school I think the Oregon women finished like seventh at Pac-10s or something like that like not good (laughs) and then yeah they kind of really started rebuilding the program and um, did a great job. So my freshman year, um, Pac-10s were in Tempe, Arizona. We ended up getting third place as a team. And the men had just won their second title in a row. And they're doing their victory lap. And I, all of the girls were huddled up. And we were like, we scored 100 points. This is awesome. Like, next year, that's going to be us taking the victory lap. And like, we all just really came together around like the team competition. It was really cool to be a part of. Um, That being said, there, it was very clear that you were expected to perform, you know, and, and there were people fighting for spots on the PAC 10 team, you know, at a conference championship, you're only allowed so many athletes. Um, So that I know was always um, an interesting coaching me- coaches meeting the week before Pac tens when you're deciding like who's going Pac tens. Yeah, I, just I re- really, done. really quick. So you, I'm not familiar with with Division One rules and everything like that. So at a, at your conference meet, you were allowed a certain number of athletes per event or total. Per team, total. So I don't. I'm not sure what exactly. Whoa, the number was, that's crazy. Yeah, you're only allowed a certain number of entries. So. Um, it's like, okay, are we gonna, that's the thing with pole vault. That's what makes it hard is like, okay, I'm one athlete and I can only compete in one event. So at max I'm worth 10 points and that's it, you know? So that was, uh, things like that were made very clear at Oregon. So you always knew where you stood. And I think that that's a hard thing with pole vault in general, uh, with recruiting and scholarship money and stuff like that. You don't see a lot of pole vaulters on a full scholarship because at max you are worth 10 points, you know, whereas if you're a 200 meter runner, you know, you can dabble in one, dabble in the four, you run the two, you're on all the relays, you know, like you for sure a lot more. (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was like a certain number of people just per team. So then as a head coach, like you got to be super dialed in and like be very strategic. And I mean, you had mentioned about, about the scholarship stuff, you know, obviously they're not going to, you know, for 10 points, it's like, I can, you know, uh, well, maybe I'll give my scholarship to somebody who can score like 60 points, you know, like, or who can help score like a whole bunch of points. So I'm just curious, have you ever known anybody personally who was on a full, uh, 
full ride scholarship division. Like I'm talking about division. What is it? Division one, double a or division one, a what's, what's like the one a, I guess, but for track, division one, you know, a and double a is more like a football thing. So, well, no, because like there's, I, I think that, I think it might be for track too, because like there's, I guess if I say, have you ever known anybody who's on a division one scholarship? I do know somebody who got a full ride to be a division one pole vaulter. I'm not going to name the school, but they won their conference meet at 12 feet as a male. So I'm like, okay, there's like division one and then there's division one. You know what I'm saying? Obviously (laughs) university of Oregon. Have you ever known anybody, let's say in, you know, any of the big conferences, division one conferences that has been on a full ride pole vaulting scholarship? I don't, I don't know. Certainly not on the men's side. Um, I'm sure I can think of a few girls who probably were, but I don't know for sure. Um, my recruiting class for women's pole vault was like insane. Like I was kind of bottom of the top barrel you know what i mean because i was coming out of high school with like katie veith and tori anthony and allison um and just like a really incredible recruiting class as far as pole vault goes Um, and they had all jumped i mean katie katie veith and tori had jumped over 14 feet you know so i'm like a big loser with a 13 foot jump you know (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Cause I can't think, I think that's like a huge misconception with a lot of, uh, vaulters is like, they, they'll be like, Hey coach, just, uh, you know, I want that full ride, man. You know, let me get that full ride. And I'm like, Hey man, I don't know if that full ride, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to break the national record <laughs> if you, if you want a full ride, you know, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I've never known anybody though, like personally that has been on a full ride, um, division one scholarship for pole, just pole, just a, solely a pole vaulter, maybe like I, a heptat or a heptathlete or decathlete or something, mm-hmm. but, but not just solely a pole vaulter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at Oregon, especially, you know, no one ever said this to me, like, don't talk about your scholarship or anything like that. But it was like an unwritten rule that those things just weren't discussed, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's strange. It's like asking somebody, like, it would be like me asking you, Hey, how much money do you make? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like strange. You're not like allowed to do that. Um, Some people are super open about it. I guess I'll be open about mine. Um, you don't have to be open about yours. Please keep yours confidential. I'm just for the people. So I jumped 16 feet, seven inches in high school. Uh, I was coming out of high school. I was ranked sixth in the country and I received 60%, which I think was very, very generous. And that's why whenever I had that opportunity to, to take that 60% or to go to, um, on that visit to Oregon, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take the 60% because I I hadn't been offered really anything close to that up to that point. So I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take this. And I mean, other places that I really, really wanted to go, I won't mention them, but, uh, we're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll give you books. Yeah. We'll, we'll hit you with some books and, uh, and uh, let's do two G's a year, two G's a year in books. And I'm like, what? 
I, I, I was like, I was under the assumption I was going to be getting something really good. My goal was to be top 10 in the country coming into, you know, being recruited as a top 10 athlete, you know, vaulter in the country. And yeah, they were offering me books. Yeah. Crazy. I think what's even like, what's so crazy about that is like thinking about the Oregon men's track team and just how many scholarships a men's track team has. I feel like it's like eight or something like that. And yeah. Uh, it's like, 12. It's 12. It's 12. And then girls get 18, I think. Okay, I could be okay. wrong, though. Could be wrong. Yeah. So you see, you have like a track roster, you know, there's probably 50 people on the roster. And like the people that I that were on the men's team when I was in school are like Matthew Centrowitz, gold medalist, you know, yeah, right. uh, Andrew Reading, two time Olympian, like crazy, crazy Galen Rupp. Um, right. Just these like huge names. And yeah. you like, I don't know what their scholarships were, but I know they weren't on full rides, you know? <laughs> Isn't that this, crazy? You're yeah, talking about I, three of the best distance runners, you know, definitely. I'm some of the best distance runners ever. And mm -hmm. it's like, hold on, what? You know, yeah. they weren't on full ride scholarships. I mean, who knows what I mean, they were on, but that's right. crazy. I'm guessing they weren't on right, full ride. Right, 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 right. Because of the depth of that team, you know, like. They probably weren't on books. Right. but yeah. <laughs> but they were they were not yeah. on a full ride at the same yeah. time maybe possibly yeah. all speculation yeah. but <laughs> yeah it is i really don't know what i mean <laughs> but right. just based on the depth of that team while i was there like i know they couldn't all be on full rides just because there's not enough <laughs> you know right. um, so maybe some of them were by the end of their careers at oregon but i don't i don't know i don't i just don't see how that could be possible and still being able to like recruit the top recruits. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just to be clear for the people who don't understand this, she's saying that there are 12 scholarships per team, not per year. Like there are 12 scholarships that are divided amongst the entire track team. That's just what they get at all times. So like you give like Melissa, you know, uh, a, you know, a 0.5 and then you give me a 0.5, that's one scholarship. And then those 2.5s, they're not available again until we both graduate. And that is what people don't understand is how, and then if you get, like you're talking about the depth of that Oregon track team, you, if you want to be a part of a national championship team like that, you have to be willing to be like, all right, I know that I could go over here and I could probably get an 80 or 90% scholarship. But if I want to be at a part of a national championship track team, I'm going to have to kind of maybe take that 30 or 40% or 20 or whatever you know, so that I'm able to do that, which honestly, at the end of the day is probably a good decision because the, like you were talking about earlier, the prestige of University of Oregon track and the support of its athletes, you know, kind of post-collegially with, especially in distance running with some of those programs out there, um, it'll end up paying for itself in the end, you know, you'll end up, you'll end up being able to, you know, to, to do some other things, which, yeah. Anyway, so that that's that's crazy, you know, to think about all of that stuff. So what what was the hardest part about going through college and kind of balancing everything? Because um, actually, tell the people like what you do now and what your major was and things like that. 
Yeah, so I was a human physiology major in college. Um, I ended up graduating in three years. Um, and so my fourth year of eligibility, I started a master's degree in human physiology, um, which I then, that took me two years. So I finished that in 2012. Um, and then I competed post-collegiately for six years. <laughs> yeah. um, ended up dabbling in some winter sports, got hurt, and uh, frantically. I didn't know about that. Let's hear about that. I, didn't, I never knew that. <laughs> What's going on with that? Yeah. So um, Dan Steele, who probably recruited you to Oregon. What, um, Sounds he, familiar, yeah. Yeah, he ended up at UNI and then Iowa State. Um, but he recruited me to Oregon. Him and his brother were um, bronze medalists, I think, in bobsled. And his twin brother is now the CEO of USA Bobsled and Skeleton. And after the 2012 Olympic trials, Coach Steele was like, Melissa, you got to try this. Like, you'd be so good. You'd love it. You know? <laughs> and I, at that point, I had gotten seventh at the trials. And I was like, nah, I'm going to go another four in track. Like, whatever. Yeah. And uh, 2016 rolls around. And leading up to the Olympic trials, like, basically everything that could have gone wrong, went wrong. I ended up no hiding at the trials. Arguably the worst day of my life. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> but um uh Coach Steele called me about a week later and was like, Come on, are you are you gonna go to Lake Placid? Like you gotta try this. So I ended up going to Lake Placid and doing skeleton um during like the winter of 2016, 2017. Um is that the head first or the feet yeah. first? The head first? Yeah, it was no awesome. No way, man. By far the coolest thing I have ever done. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. That being said, I had a pretty gnarly crash, and um, I ended up separating my AC joint and uh, needing to have some uh, emergency surgery on my leg. <laughs> um, How did I not know about this? This is crazy. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so I when all this is happening, I'm like panicking because at this point, I guess I'm probably 27, maybe 28, I don't know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? Like I <laughs> I have no skills. I'm a skeleton rider and I just <laughs> now I can't even skeleton ride. <laughs> yeah, so um, at the time I was still pole vaulting and like going back and forth to like placid when I could. Uh, yeah. Um, but so I thought my pole vault career was going to be over because of my shoulder. And so I like signed up and took the GRE like a month after my crash and um, started applying to PA school. Um, I ended up getting in, um, but I also ended up being totally fine. Uh, I was able to pole vault again. And I even went back to Lake Placid and did some skeleton after my crash. Um, Good but for you. I it was time to be an adult and went to PA school. So now I'm a PA in general surgery. That's what's up. Yeah, that is, uh, that is crazy. Like I I've actually heard, like there's a, sometimes I would get emails from, uh, these Olympic winter Olympic people like, Hey, we're looking for people to do the bobsled or, or do the, you know, these things. And, uh, I always thought it was like spam, but, uh, it, so it turns out it's a real deal, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Like a very cool experience. How do you I like, not, I don't understand. Like how, what's the learning curve on something like that? You don't just bomb it your first day, right? No, no, no. <laughs> um, so 
they have like a, you do a combine to see if you can like qualify, you know? Um, and I, what, actually, ki- what kind of things are they looking for? Speed, uh, mostly obviously. it's like speed stuff. So you do like, uh, I think it's a, like a 30, um, and a 30 meter fly as well as some other running stuff. Um, you do an overhead shot toss, um, I think they do cleans, uh, squats, and I know that there's got to be more stuff than that. Oh, like maybe a like a standing triple jump. Um, yeah. Anyways, but I had to because I missed the combine because of the Olympic trials and everything in 2016. Um, I drove down to like just outside of Atlanta and just did like a one-on-one combine with one of the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it was like embarrassingly bad <laughs> honestly like it, i'm sure like it met their standards or whatever but it was not the most athletic i have ever looked i'm sure <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um then they do like a push uh like a push camp in lake placid um and then once it gets cold out you go there and they have different starts um so start one is obviously like the top um and then two three and four so you start at start four and um they just kind of push you you're not like running start kind of deal um and it kind of lets you learn the track like a little bit at a time you know and as you go up you get gain more speed you know that kind of thing so how do you steer one of those things like is it like those old red sleds that you just go down the sled hill on like uh it's kind of similar to that honestly it wasn't what i was expecting you know you think like bob sleds have more of like the runner that you would think of where it almost looks like a blade but skeleton sleds their runners are actually like kind of like tubes that have little spines on them um so but it is kind of that traditional sled shape you know it's almost like a giant lunch tray with these like runners on the bottom of it. There you go. <laughs> the and old you, giant lunch tray. Yeah. And you steer using like pressure on your shoulders and on your knees. Um, and then you can also drag your toes, but obviously that's not the recommended steering because it slows you down. So Right, right. Wow. That's very interesting. Uh that's I mean, do you have any regrets on that or No, I, I, not really. Yeah, it seems really, really cool. My one regret is that I didn't go after the 2012 trials because I think that I could have been good at it. I think I could have been good. So, yeah, interesting. Okay, so let's dive into between 2012 and 2016. So why? So why would you choose skeletoning over pole vaulting between 2012 and 2016? Like. did you did you just have a have a rough a rough few years or i i don't i don't know much about your post collegiate career i know i know you were you know very good obviously you you jumped you know at every us championship from 2009 to 2016 which is insane yeah but the outdoor ones, the outdoor yeah. ones yeah but um so in your post collegiate career like when you were dabbling in that like why like did you, were you just fed up with vaulting or just kind of, the success yeah. you wanted? Uh, so 2012, I was still training at the University of Oregon. I was in grad school. It actually worked out 
perfect. Like I, um, I walked in my graduation ceremony, um, and got my hood. And then literally seven days later, I competed at the Olympic trials or something like that. It was something crazy. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, and I was, I stayed with my college coach, Jenny Ashcroft, who, like I said, is now at the university of Michigan. Um, there ended up being some coaching changes at Oregon. She ended up at Cal Poly. So, um, I followed her to San Luis Obispo and trained at Cal Poly for two years. Um, it's like such a beautiful place. And, yeah. you know, I feel like I really didn't take advantage of that when I was there training. Um, but so were you like a, were you like a hermit? Like, were you just like, I train, I eat, I sleep. I don't do anything else. Well, kind of, but it was, um, running warehouse, which is like an online running store yeah. in San Luis Obispo. So, um, the owner there was awesome and they gave me a job in customer service. So I was just like answering phones. Um, but we would open at 6am, um, because of like the East coast people, you know? So, oh, so okay. I would work from like 6am to noon and then I would go home eat lunch and then I would go to practice. And, you know, I mean, most people listening to this are probably familiar. The pole vaulters are like the first to get there in the last sleeve, you know, because you're, you're doing a pretty extensive warm up, and then you have a vault session and then you do a running workout and then you lift and like all this stuff. So you're just, there for forever so I would, <laughs> I would like leave practice and just be totally exhausted and I would have to get up early the next morning to go to work so right. I would just like make dinner and go to bed you know so I think when I was in California it just it wasn't an ideal situation for me because I had no life outside of my job and pole vault right and um I think were there any people, friends there that you were training with like training partners that you got along with or no no I mean so I trained with the college kids so I was like a volunteer assistant um and they were great but it was very clear like you're here as a volunteer assistant like right I'm not gonna go hang out with them on the weekend when they're all partying and doing their thing yeah, no, house, <laughs> no house parties for you <laughs> no house parties like for me <laughs> Um, so that was hey, hard. coach is here. <laughs> Generally frowned upon. <laughs> but um, that was hard for me. I think it, the happiness factor is hugely underestimated in post-collegiate athletics. Like yep. if you are miserable, you will not jump high. <laughs> for sure. So. For sure. We actually, uh, we had uh, Jeff Hartwig on on our most recent one that was released mm -hmm. and uh he was talking about down there in jonesboro whenever they were just popping off you know just tons of, of really good people and i think that probably played into it a lot they had a good training group you know they had yeah. a really good training group and it seemed like they all got along and mm -hmm. when you have that uh it's hard not to get better you know, yeah. you got a lot of support. You got, a, your, you know, your friends are, are people that you're training with and you're hanging out. And, uh, and I think that that is, is severely um, underestimated too, because like when I got out of, of school, it, people think that it's just a, a big time party and we're having fun. We're going to these big meets, this and that and the other. It's, for me, it was the opposite. It was very, very lonely. It was, mm -hmm. I was at the track by myself. I'm running sprints by myself. I'm, I'm vaulting with me and my dad, which I love my dad, but 
not super hype environment, you know, with just me and my dad jumping. It's like, you know, and, and it's, it was hard. And, um, I always felt like in post-collegiate pole vaulting, I was trying to fit in. I was always trying to, um, make sure that everybody liked me, make Mm -hmm. sure like, Hey, what's up? You know, I'd get to a big meet. And, uh, Hey, what's up? Uh, Knowing, knowing that I don't even know this person personally, like, but just pretending like we're friends because we, (laughs) we were on the, you know, post-collegiate circuit or whatever. And it was so, it was so strange. It's such a strange time. You know, you go Mm -hmm. up and you're like, Hey, you know, high five, high five. And then nobody gives you a high five and you're like, okay, (laughs) this is sucks, man. Yeah. So I I don't know. So, so you're in Cal Poly and and you're kind of just like a loner sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I feel like this is just like a giant Jenny Ashcroft plug. (laughs) Shout out Jenny Ashcroft. Um, We got some good girls coming up. We got some good girls coming up at the club, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she's doing a great job at Michigan and they've recruited a ton of awesome athletes this year. So props to her, but, um, she, um, I think that she felt bad for me. (laughs) I think she was like, Oh goodness. Like she, and she said to me, like, you need to make a change. Like this, she came to me and said that, you know, and really encouraged me to, to look for other options and really helped me sort through what those options were and helped me, you know, talk to different coaches everywhere else. And I think like, I have nothing but good things to say about her. She's just incredible and really cares about her athletes. Like, I mean, you're very lucky that you, uh, had that opportunity to have that, have that person in your life, that positive person in your life. Cause some kids go through their whole athletic career without Mm -hmm. that person, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, definitely, you know, shout out to her for sure. So continue. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, uh, I ended up, deciding to move to Tennessee which is funny because you were saying that was one of your uh options when you were looking at schools and stuff um UT obviously has just a crazy history in the men's cobalt like I think that they have more Olympic medals than most countries (laughs) as far as like in the pole vault like uh coach B Miller has like this uh, presentation that talks about it and stuff. It's just a really incredible place for pole vault that I think people don't necessarily think about. Right. Uh, but I ended up training with Tim Mack there uh, from the fall of 2014 uh, through 2016 or through 2017, I guess. Um, and, you know, it was really nice to be in an elite group. Um, I had awesome training partners and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, towards the end, like I said, in, in 2016, leading up to the Olympic trials, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. You know, I, uh, got dumped two weeks oh. before the Olympic trials and I was, it was just heartbroken, you know, and I had never really been dumped like that before. So. Right. Yeah. So did and you, then, was this person like they, they, they were out in Tennessee with you then? Uh, he was in North Carolina, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I broke a pole for the first time ever in my life, like a week and a half before I left for the Olympic trials. Oh, wow. So like ultimate 
messed up mind going in. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, You got to get that broken pole in early. You got to get that in when you're young. So (laughs) (laughs) you can't be waiting until you're in your late 20s to break your first pole. You got to get it done young. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's crazy and I'm, I'm like super thankful I didn't realize how rare that was to like go almost all of your career without ever breaking a pole it's yeah. very unfortunate that it happened when it did um and it was just like a it got dinged or spiked or whatever yeah and, for sure um and then yeah no I did at the Olympic trials and I was like I need to I need to get away from this for a little bit <laughs> so for sure. For sure. Yeah. So like after, after that, that was, you said that was like one of the worst days of your life. Mm-hmm. So how are you transitioning into this whole, like no pole vaulting as an, and as far as being an athlete goes, like mm-hmm. how, how's that transition been? Yeah. It was so, a train wreck for me. I'm just saying. So yeah, go ahead. Um, I, think <laughs> I was really lucky in that you know, I ended up being okay after that crash and I kind of started training again and jumped in a couple meets and, um, kind of at this point I had gotten into PA school, but hadn't started yet and had this like wonderful idea about how I'm going to train and go to PA school and it's going to be great, you know, and yeah. very quickly it was like, Nope, this is not going to work. <laughs> PA yeah. school is probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. It was two and a quarter years of just hell honestly just let it out (laughs) like it's very hard um and yeah so I had to I had to stop pole vaulting in order to get through that um but it gave me something to immediately like throw all of my energy towards you know so um I think that that was a blessing, but now, now that I'm not in school and I'm not pole vaulting and all of the gyms in Illinois are currently closed, it's kind of like, right. what do I do? <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah. It's been tough. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So like, yeah. so you, so you stopped, so you would say that your official retirement was when? I don't know. I, I really never officially. Hey, there is no official retirement. Hey, we got no. pulled over at the club right now. You could get your spikes and drive over there right now. It's only like a 20, 30 minute drive for you. So we're yeah. ready to rock. I'll go you over know, there and help you out. I'll catch your step. When all of this like came together and when I moved from Tennessee, um, I had to go get my poles, you know, and I was like thinking to myself, you know, like I have these poles, like what if I randomly like find a place to jump? Like, is that something that I'd want to do? You know, kind of just thinking about it. And, uh, and then of course everything fell into place at the club and, uh, (laughs) and I was like, Hmm, you know, but it's always there. I mean, I, I would be lying to you if I said like, I've never thought about like, okay, yeah, good job, Jake. Now, now you have a place where you can pull vault anytime you want, <laughs> you know, good job, man. Um, but we I referenced, uh, the Hartwig podcast again, we were talking to him and he was talking about how that is what's cool about our sport is he was saying, if I wake up t- this morning and I feel like I'm feeling spry again, I can go and try to make the U.S. T- 
team if I want, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, in his mid forties. So it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's pole vaulting strange because they say, you know, a peak of, of maybe like a sprinter might be like early twenties or something, but the peak of, yeah. of a, of a pole vaulter is actually quite a bit later than that. And I mean, there are multiple, multiple people that are jumping pole vaulting into their thirties and Jeff and Derek both were yeah. really good pole vaulters into their forties. Yeah. I think, I think, Derek was into his forties, but anyway, it's always open and you got a key. So go on in and you know, my, yeah. I was like telling my sister, this. I'm like kind of, I'm mostly joking, you know, but I'd be lying if I said that I don't think about pole vaulting sometimes, you know, yeah. um, but I was talking to my sister about it. And like I said, my family thinks that I was like nuts and just like a crazy person. And, and, you know, when things aren't going well, it is like pretty miserable in pole vault, you know, um, it's like just this weird addiction where like, you just remember that feeling of like, uh, have you, if you've ever read mind gym, kind of like white moments where like everything is just falling into place and going exactly as planned. And like, I can name maybe two in my entire career, but I would chase that feeling for forever because it's like the most incredible, like you just feel so in control of everything, you know? Right. Um, but I was talking to my sister about it and she was like, please no melissa please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's true though because the stress that it puts on you is just part of it because if you are involved if you have a family member who is involved as you and i were mm -hmm. uh it becomes their stress too and and that's what was hard for me whenever i had my first child my, whenever i had Lacey, i was like all right i'm gonna keep jumping um but slowly when the times were good, they were good. You know, I have a good day and my daughter's there. This is so cool. Like, yeah. Oh, my wife's here. My daughter's there. I just pull vaulted and had a good day. I won the track meet. This is great. This is a surreal moment right now. But, and this is how I always, uh, you know, kind of explained it, but whenever that blanket of, of negativity just kind of covers your life, um, it can get pretty dark and it can get very, very, uh, demoralizing and very, um, I, I guess just, yeah, just all encompassing. It just covers your whole life. No matter what good happens, if I'm not vaulting well, I just don't feel complete and feel good, you know, and you know, I could win the lottery and I still don't feel good you know yeah they'd be like well i still didn't jump 15 feet so <laughs> right right so and, and that's that's where it's at and that's and that's where i think for me personally um finding that area that i could feel good again and feel like just as motivated um as I was whenever I was an athlete, it was very important. And for me, obviously it's, that's, that's my, my business, my club. Like I, I feel like that sense of, uh, closure, like I'm done, man, I'm done. I might mess around for the kids one time, every once in a while, maybe I might, I was actually kicking around the idea of trying to train for that vault con thing, uh, that chip was oh, going to yeah. put on. Yeah. Cause I was like, that looks kind of cool. But then that got canceled, um, or rescheduled. <laughs> Um, and, 
you know, I, I was able to have that sense of closure because now I have a new mission. And it's hard to have that sense of closure when you don't have, and, and to come to peace with it. Like I, I was able to come to terms with it, but it took a while. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I was grasping at straws, like trying to feel like I had come to peace with it. I was doing ultra marathons. I was, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff just to like prove to myself that I was good you know, like, and it's like, dude, you are good, man. You don't, you know, pole vaulting is, is we always say it's just, pole vaulting is just pole vaulting. And, uh, but, yeah. but it's, it's easier said than done because when you get exactly. deep into yeah. it, like you and I were, and like a lot mm-hmm. of people are, it is hard to let it down. Yeah. It is hard to let it down. So where are you at right now? Where's, where's your head at right now with the whole thing? I mean, um, you know, obviously like everything's a little bit different now because of the current situation, but For you sure. know, going into this year, like I, I graduated PA school in December and was like looking for jobs and like hadn't gotten one yet. And I was talking to Kelsey Abbey, who was my training partner in Knoxville. And she, she was like, why don't you just start pole vaulting? Like you can make it to the trials. <laughs> I'm like, I think you could. <laughs> Do you not put these ideas in my head? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and it's just thinking about it. Like if I were to try to like make a comeback or if I had decided that's what I wanted to do, like my whole goals and mindset would have to change, you know? And for I, sure. You, yeah. well, you would, you, what you would have to do and pardon me for interrupting it. This just like kind of just sparked a little spark in me. Like you, you would have to let go of every way that you've trained in the past and be Mm -hmm. like, okay, do I have 24 hours a day to train anymore? Like in college? No, I don't. You know, like all you were doing back then, I mean, you were studying hard and stuff like that, but it was just like, okay, my mission is school and jump. That's it. You know, like you were able to dedicate your life to it basically. Mm -hmm. And then slowly over time, you had every resource, every resource. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, so it would just have to be like, it, you could almost do it like this. And this is how I, you know, cause whenever I got out of college, I ha- I went through like four years, five years or four years of real bad struggles. And then I was like, okay, dude, I kind of had to knock myself over the head. You're not going to be able to train like you have been. You've got a wife, you've got a house, you've got a, a full-time job as a teacher, you know? So it's like, dude, do you really think that you're going to be able to do the do this the same way it can be done it would just have to be done in a completely different way you would have to it would have to be super quality over quantity uh you're not going to be able to spend you know two three hours at the track like you used to you know it'd be like hey i got 45 minutes let's bang this out and then you know get get back home eat go to bed and you know do your thing but anyway that that's that's uh it, it could be done. And, and I mean, if you believe in it, I mean, who's, I'm not, tell, I, I got, you got the key to a pole vaulting facility. So it's there for you. It's there for you. If you ever want to use it, you know, and, and that's, uh, I don't know too bad. This wasn't like four years ago. Cause then it would have been a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, yeah. But I mean, the more, 
the further away I get from, you know, the last time I competed, the more I can kind of appreciate the things that I did accomplish. But I mean, I think, you know, in right now, there's not a ton of like live sports on or anything like that. So I've been totally obsessed with the, the Michael Jordan, the last dance documentary and all that. And, you know, kind yeah. of growing up in the middle of that stuff uh, certainly helps, but um, just seeing like Michael Jordan's mindset, like there's, there's pieces of it that I can really relate to. And like, at some point I just need to recognize like what I did accomplish and kind of just be at peace with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. because, uh, you know, you hear him talking about, uh, well, I, we would have won another one, you know, and, and just like how he would, his mindset with everything and like how he would kind of like make, make up little things to, to, you know, give him motivation, you know, different people that he didn't like the way they talked to him or whatever, you know? And, right. um, I just, that takes so much energy to be like that. <laughs> and yeah. So, and so I, I mean, mean, you don't think that his family dealt with him oh, being yeah. crazy. I mean, I mean, his stress was his family's stress too, you know, like, yeah. so that's, that's, that's the other thing. And for me personally, from just an outsider's perspective, um, you had an incredible career and I mean, I would, I never went to an Olympic trials. You went to two, you know, like I would have loved to go to an Olympic trials. I've always, my, one of my biggest dreams has been to jump at Hayward field. You spent four years jumping at Hayward field, you know, like, and I've never gotten to do that, you know, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but I'm just saying like, you've done an incredible job, but now I think personally, I think you have a lot more to offer, like to offer the pole vault world than just the athletic side of things. Cause I've seen you work with the kids at the club and it's, you're doing it. You're an incredible coach. You're incredible, incredibly fun to be around and the kids love you. So like that was my kind of outlet and that was how I was able to come to terms with it. And I think personally that you, um, you have a lot more to offer this community that you don't even know about yet. You know, I didn't know about this. The last thing, whenever I finished pole vaulting, I said, I never want to speak the words pole vault out of my mouth ever again. Don't talk to me about pole vaulting. Don't talk to me about my career. Don't talk to me about anything that have to do with pole vaulting. And then all of a sudden something happened like a flip switch. And it was like, okay, now I am very deeply involved in pole vaulting again <laughs> in, in a whole different yeah. uh, you know, aspect. And, um, and I love it and it's so much fun. And, you know, I think you and I, and, uh, my brother and my dad are going to be able to create, um, some opportunities for kids at the club that are going to be, we're going to be able to see their faces and, and be able, you're going to, you, you have knowledge in your head right now that is going to help somebody so much someday. And that is, I, I find that to be, you know, pretty, pretty rewarding or whatnot. So Thank you. Uh, I, feel, I feel really lucky that I just had the, I was very lucky to have really awesome coaches uh, throughout my career, whether it be, you know, Tim in high school, who was just great and super encouraging and, um, I don't know, just awesome. And then in college, I worked with Jenny and then my strength and conditioning coach in college, Coach Rad, he was like, 
she's like my favorite person in the world. <laughs> I like cool. get so excited when I when I would go to meets and he would be there with like some of the Oregon people or whatever. Um, and he is just like a fountain of knowledge for sprint stuff and obviously it's strength and conditioning, like awesome. Um, and then uh, of course Tim Mack, like everybody knows the name, Olympic gold medalist. Um, he, you know, one thing that I took away from him is he had such uh, like a regimented train approach to training you know and i think um sometimes that's just what you need and he yeah. was another one that was really heavy on the drills which when it, when you're when you're in it it's not the most fun thing but uh but they're great drills and i was talking to you about maybe starting to incorporate some of that um to the training at the club and all that so for sure yeah and i think that's uh i mean there's things that we have yet to learn from you and and that's what i'm i'm excited about is i'm excited to learn from you and to learn from your experiences and be able to you know translate into success with these with these coaching mm -hmm. these young people um one thing that i was just curious i know we got to go here pretty soon but um what do you think uh could help the state of post-collegiate support in the united states well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I think the hard thing about training post-collegiately is, like we talked about, pole vault does require such a time commitment. Um, and it makes it very difficult to uh, have a job and train the way that you want to um, and not live like a total poor person <laughs> you know what i mean like right. i think if you're not if you're not making teams you're not really getting any help you know um which that could be a whole other podcast you know but yeah uh, a whole podcast for sure yeah. <laughs> um so i think having a place to train that would be you know, easily accessible, um, lots of opportunities for part-time work and an inexpensive place to live. Um, that's kind of like the trifecta, you know? For sure. Um, yeah. But. So, yeah. So yeah. And that's, that's something like we were talking about, uh, earlier, it's very similar to that scholarship situation. So you look at like these division one athletes, it's like, wow, they just won a national championship. And from an outsider's perspective, they're like, wow, it must be nice to be on that full ride scholarship, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Little do they know what is actually happening. And right. it's the same thing with post-collegiate pole vaulting is it's like, you know, you and I have seen people living on couches and, you know, couch surfing all around the United States. And it is yeah. not glamorous. I mean, yeah. it is, it is, it's terrible. And we're not talking about, you know, just Melissa or I, we're talking about gold medalists. We're talking about people who have won like Olympic gold medals and who have been on multiple, uh, you know, national teams, like us teams, world championships, Olympics. These people don't even the, the best of the best, you would assume they're doing really well and they're going home to their nice houses and maybe got a nice car in the garage and, uh, the reality is, is they're probably rolling up in a beater with their pole strapped to the side. Like, Hey man, I heard there was a place to pole vault. 
you know, like that's the reality of post-collegiate pole vaulting for the overwhelming majority. And, and, uh, it's really hard because a lot of times these colleges are like, Hey, you know, we got you through these four years, have a great day. You know, we'll see you later. And it's like, well, I want to keep training. Ah, well, you can't keep training. You know, you can keep training somewhere else. Can't train here though. You know, so it's, it's hard. And I, I feel I don't know. I feel like we can do a better job, which is something that like, I think that you're going to be able to help me with is mm-hmm. I want a place for post-collegiate pole vaulters to be able to come and train and get a part-time job and live inexpensively and be able yeah. to do, make a, a real solid effort at it, making these U.S. teams and having a good quality of life at the same time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, okay. Um, favorite pastime. Ooh. now now like what would like if you were to do anything if you didn't have to go to work today what would you do oh i've been reading a lot but that's boring <laughs> oh i read all the time what are you reading no actually i okay. have become very into like gardening and plants and things like that which is wow. kind of really dorky especially since i live in an apartment but like i started tomatoes from seed and like uh all this stuff so i'm very into that right now <laughs> yeah it's like working the land uh yeah. in, in the apartment that's that's <laughs> outstanding so what do you got uh what do you got growing you got them under grow lights or just by the windows or no, so actually, um, it's funny, I have like a three-year-old niece, and I was talking to my sister about the different activities they can do, and um, I had seen, it must have been on Pinterest or something, like, people started seedlings, like, in egg cartons, you know? Oh, cool, so yeah, like, I've seen that. Yeah, I was telling my sister, oh, you should do this, whatever, and then I, like, finished a carton of eggs, and I was like, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I just, like, planted seeds, I had seeds from when I lived in Tennessee that somehow I thought were important enough to bring to Illinois. <laughs> um, and so I like rummaged through my stuff, found them and, and started seedlings. So I just had them in uh, the egg carton and I set it on my windowsill. So that's cool. Worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is where are you going to plant them though? Um, I, I bought a few pots. Um, I'm going to give some to my sister because um, I've been doing obviously a lot of reading about tomatoes. <laughs> As you should, um, yes. Yeah, you're not supposed to plant like a bunch of the same of them in one pot. So, um, yeah, I have a couple, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's cool. All yeah. right, uh, favorite uh, music, like favorite song or favorite artist. Ooh, I genre. I really like everything, you know, living in Tennessee, there was like a lot of country music going on um, Mm -hmm. for like pole vault purposes and like getting pumped up. I really like, like some rap, like some hardcore rap. (laughs) I can see that whenever, whenever I, yeah, whenever someone looks at you, they could definitely see really just gangster, gangster, (laughs) hardcore rap for sure. And then, um, so in the OR, when we're operating, they always have music on and the surgeons get to pick the music. But um, I really like uh, when they have like the classic rock station on when we're operating. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah so you could probably get into like a zone whenever yeah. you're. So that's actually very interesting that the surgeon gets to pick the station. So like they they get into that zone with the music and mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. I uh 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, Melissa, this has been awesome. Uh, speaking of uh, the OR, I think you got to get out of here and yep, go to the go. OR. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, before we get out of here, though, um, where can people follow you at? Um, I think all of my social media is just like at Melissa Gurgle. Uh, I know that's my, my Instagram is at Melissa Gurgle. Um, I have a Twitter that I don't really use a ton. And I think that one might be at M Gurgle. Yeah, well, if you don't use it, <laughs> if there's like one post on yeah, it. Yeah, probably don't follow that because it's cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much. You're awesome. Uh, I'm just completely honored that you are, are coaching at the club now and that uh, you would you would come on and, and talk for, for a little bit with, with me. Um, I really appreciate it. And uh, I just wish you the best. And if you're ever trying to pole vault, just uh, hit me up and head Sounds on good. over there. All right. All right, awesome. Melissa. We'll catch you later. All right.